Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Second Take. Back to your weekly power rankings and pick'em segment. Some of the most fun that we have on this podcast. Again, if you enjoy our content, please leave a like, subscribe to our YouTube and TikTok channels, and give us a follow on Spotify. We will be posting twice a week, every week during the NFL season, about everything NFL, from the Taylor Swift appearance in Kansas City all the way to the Jets drama in New York, even though we all know Zach Wilson sucks. So consider giving us a follow. This week we're going to talk about, or this episode, we're going to talk about our five best teams in the NFL, go over our weekly power rankings, and then pick every slate of game from Thursday to Monday night football. Um, We're going to dive right into it with our power rankings segment. Ryan, who do you have on the outside looking in to the top five, if you have anyone? Yeah, my outside looking in. Might come as a bit of a surprise. A really big dropper, I'm not going to lie. The Dallas Cowboys I have on the outside looking in of the top five. I just think their losses compared to the other teams I put in, two other teams I put in with a loss, I think both of those other teams' losses weren't as disheartening as this loss specifically. Like They were better losses, if you can put it that way, even though they're all worth the same at the end of the day. I just, this was a game they really had no business losing the Cowboys against the Cardinals, especially since they had just been killing these teams recently. So I, I couldn't put them in the top five for this week. They can always climb up later. Yeah, you don't know, have them exactly where you have them. Uh, they were number one last week in my power rankings, and they went and lost to the Arizona Cardinals. We kind of discussed this on our Sunday night reaction podcast um, I think their biggest concerns, red zone offense, everybody knows that they're selling for field goals instead of touchdowns, and the loss to Stephon, or to Trayvon Diggs, I think is going to be really big for them. Uh, I don't think they were mentally prepared uh, for that loss, and it must have shook them in that game. And you kind of realized in that game that they were just kind of either not ready for the game or a little shook. Maybe they're a little bit more concerned about the Trayvon Diggs injury um, than we thought heading into the game. So I'm going to cough it up to them just not waking up for the game. And that's why I have them at number six. I was considering dropping them out entirely because that loss is terrible. Arizona, man, they're trying to tank and they lost, but they're just too talented and they have two dominant wins uh, already this year to drop them all the way out of consideration for the top five but i think number six for now is a good spot until they prove otherwise yeah and you bring up a good point big reason for the letdown might have been that digs injury that happened midweek um they should be able to bounce back from that ultimately though they definitely have the talent on the defensive side even though that loss does hurt them yeah so on the outside looking in, we both have the Dallas Cowboys, and I have a gut feeling of who your number five is going to be. Who do you have cracking the top five this week? Cracking the top five this week? I have the Buffalo Bills. Moving up to number five, they had yet another dominant win against the Commanders this week. It's like 33-7, 38-7, something like that. Ever since week one, they've been super dominant, right? That week one game that they lost against the Jets, really close game. Honestly, if Josh Allen has one less turnover in that game, there's a good chance that they win that game, right? So 
this team ever since then they've just been dominant it's just one of those bad games every team has they've proved that they can bounce back and they're like i've been saying recently they look like the team we're used to seeing and that starts to bring up the question if they can do it in the playoffs this year finally yeah i think that's the real question here it's a very similar arc josh allen always struggles against the jets for whatever reason um, but ever since then, he's performed at an MVP caliber, right? He's slung the ball. They've dominated both games that ever since the nightmare at MetLife is what I'm going to title it Ooh. Uh, for the the Bills. Um, but this week will truly show what both the Bills and Miami are made of. Uh, matchup of the week, we'll get into that later. But I think the Bills... At number five is probably the best spot for them. Uh, I don't really see them unless they win this week. Moving up um, anytime soon. So they have a good good offense, a good defense, and it seems like their nightmare at MetLife is coming to an end. So uh, number four, I think this is where it starts to get spicy. Uh, who do you have as the fourth best team in football right now? Yes. So my number four team moving up from my last week, number five spot, I put the Kansas city chiefs super impressive win. Uh, they put up 41 points, their best offensive showing of the season, but ultimately they did play the bears, right? We're supposed to beat the bears, beat the bears really well. You know, with Taylor Swift there, you got to show out sometimes, especially for the boy, Travis Kelsey, but uh, it comes down to them up higher than this just because it was the Bears, one of the probably bottom five teams in the NFL. But it looks like the Chiefs are starting to get roll and get it figured out with this new group of players that they have. Yeah, I mean, it looks like we just have copied and pasted the list so far. I have Kansas City at number four. Um, I had a long, hard debate between the Chiefs and the Eagles for number three. I don't know who your number three is. Um, but I ultimately put the Chiefs here simply because I was, I'm was. i still a little turned off by what happened against Detroit. Uh, the Bears are the Bears. They suck. So it's, you can't really take much from this game because uh, the, the Bears probably would lose to any of the top five college teams, maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. That's a stretch. It's a stretch, I know. Hot take. Um, but the Bears going Bears. And uh, the offense found something in this game. I feel like the there's going to be continuity building up with this Chiefs offense. First two weeks, they obviously struggled. This week, they won 41-10 to 10 against a, a much inferior team. So it really wasn't a test. I think they're going to go on another. They're going to extend this win streak to maybe five or six before they really get a matchup that tests them. And that's going to be scary for the league because it's going to give them time to build that continuity on offense and, you know, get their receivers out of this funk that they're kind of in. Um, But I just couldn't put them over the Eagles at number three. Who do you have at number three? Yeah, so at number three, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. I have a feeling our lists are going to be very similar today. And, you know, this team, 3-0, and they had a 
another really good, really solid win. This was probably their best game in terms of keeping control for the entire game. It was 25 to 11. They never let Tampa Bay back into it like they had their first two games with the other teams. They never it never felt like Tampa Bay had hope in this game. And the Eagles just continue to win these football games, get off to a big lead, uh, end up winning this one by double figures. And I think they're going to keep rolling through their schedule until they te- play a team like Dallas. Yeah, they uh, there's... I totally agree with everything you said. Basically, going to reiterate what we said last week. Solid defense, solid offense. Um, They're really kind of a hard-nosed football team, even though they have the personnel to play like Miami, you know, with speed and size on the edge and playmakers everywhere. But they really love to just strap their helmets on and run at you. You know what I mean? They have that mosh pit play that's becoming somewhat controversial that they always run in fourth down where they put two fullbacks behind Jalen Hurts and basically just shove him forward, you know what I mean? So they really love to just be physical. They're probably one of, if not the most physical team in the top five. Um, And as long as they can stay healthy, I don't really see them moving down. You know, they're the team that kind of in this power rankings might not get as much credit as they deserve since we already saw this a similar thing last year, right? We're seeing kind of the repeat of history, and we just love the new shiny toy, which brings us to number two, at least in my list, the Miami Dolphins. Did you have them at number two as well? I did have them at number okay. two. So we my have biggest, the same exact list. We do. My biggest difference uh, for the Miami Dolphins, I mean, first of all, first of all they, get, they scored 70 points, right? Third highest scoring game, or the third team in NFL history to score 70 points in a game. There's no doubt at this point in the year, this is the best offense in the NFL right now. Um, I, they have a better QB than my number one team, but their defense isn't as good as that number one team, in my opinion. So that's why I put them at two instead of one. Even after a 50-point blowout win when you score 70 points, I just, you know... They did play the Broncos, and nonetheless, impressive win. Super impressive. Not Almost no team can do what they just did, but they still, you know, will this week will tell us a lot about this team because they could potentially jump to number one if they look really, really good against the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, they have the game to do it this week. Uh, the Niners have kind of always been in the top two, if not number one in most people's power rankings since the beginning of the season, really. Um, Miami has a historically great offense since the the beginning of the season. The best through three games. That's almost unarguable. Um, I predicted it from week one that Tua will win MVP, and as long as he stays healthy, that looks like what's going to happen. Um, and if they keep this pace up, they're going to go down as the best offensive team in league history. You touched on it though. Their defense, you know, not necessarily the best, right? The chargers have an elite offense. So that shootout game is to be understood. New England 
you know, they're not a really good offensive team. And Denver, sorry to say it, quit pretty much that game. So, I mean, uh, who would keep playing, honestly? <laughs> so I'm excited to see this week what Miami's defensive side of the ball is really made of. I, I'm already bought in on their offense. I think they're going to go down as at least a top three offense all time. I'm going to go as far as to say that they'll finish as the best offensive season by a team in history. But the 49ers have the second best offense in the NFL. And their defense is much better, at least personnel-wise, than the Dolphins are. So that's what puts them over the edge for me is how they can control uh, the game on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and I mean, the 49ers, I had them at number one last week, still number one this week. It's just, it's been the thing with this team for so many years, it feels like. They have everything at an elite level except a QB, but now this is probably, this might be the best QB they've had in recent memory. I mean, I know Alex Smith had a good end of his run with the 49ers until he got hurt. I know Kaepernick led them to the Super Bowl at one point. But Brock Purdy, he is not just because the 49ers always have needed just a game manager. He's a little bit more than that, right? And I think that fits really perfectly with their personnel because they can just let these all these guys they have just go out and do their thing, especially Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, right? And then every once in a while, Brock Purdy can go out there and make a play when maybe some of these other guys might be struggling. Yeah, Brock Purdy has played at an elite level since he was a starter in the NFL. And a lot of people kind of just cough it up to Kyle Shanahan's offensive schemes and things like that. But the 49ers, you know, they're explosive on offense. They are the second best rated offense in the NFL right now for for historically great Miami Dolphins team. They'd be number one. And then they're they're easily a top five defensive unit. So that makes them the team to beat. Uh Something interesting that I kind of dove into in preparation for this podcast was the Brock Purdy point of the 49ers, right? Everyone and their dog knows that the 49ers have elite playmakers at every position on offense and an elite defensive unit. So they just kind of write Brock Purdy off, right? They just kind of, oh, he's just a game manager. Um, Some people might overhype him. I believe by the end of the season, Brock Purdy is going to be unanimously considered a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I think he's already close, if not already there. By the end of the season, after they make the Super Bowl, they uh, he'll be known as a top 10 quarterback. And here's some stats that I kind of wanted to yell or to back up my point, right? Brock Purdy, through his first 11 games, has an average yard yard per game of 235 yards, yards per attempt of 8.1, a 67% completion percentage, and an astounding 6.6 touchdown to interception ratio. Mm, So that means for almost every seven touchdowns, he'll throw a pick. Um, And then he has an average passer rating of 107. 
Those are in his 11 completely healthy games as a starter. I excluded the game against Miami, or no, against uh, Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game because he only threw the ball like five times before he got injured. Um, and even still, he had a, he completed a, a lot of those balls. So those are the stats. 235 per game, 8.1 per attempt, 67% completion, 6.6 touchdown to interception ratio, and a 107 passer rating. And it got me thinking, who are some quarterbacks that perform like that? Well, Aaron Rodgers' career averages are 255 yards per game, 7.7 yards per attempt, a compl- so which is lower. So 255 is higher than Brock Purdy. 7.7 yards per attempt is lower than Brock Purdy. Completion percentage of 65.3, which is 2% lower than Brock Purdy. 4.5 touchdown to interception ratio, which is a whole two touchdowns less than Brock Purdy. And a passer rating of 103.6, which is four points less than Brock Purdy. Um, Tom Brady, the GOAT. Right, I think Tom Brady's probably the most apt comparison. There were a lot of, uh, there was a lot of this. Purdy's the next Brady because he was drafted in the seventh round, right? And he's in a similar situation with the teams that have that are ready to win, right? Brady has always had a team that's ready to win. Let's put it that way. Um, his yards per game is a bit higher at two hundred sixty-six. But everything else is lower. Three three to one touchdown interception ratio, nine ninety-seven passer rating compared to 107, 64 compared to 67 completion percentage. So this Brock Purdy man is putting up Hall of Fame caliber numbers through his first eleven games. If you just compare it head to head against two of the greatest we've ever seen play football and their career averages. Brock Purdy has surpassed their production through his first 11 games. Now, it's only 11 games, but Brock Purdy is looking like one of those dudes if he can keep replicating this production. Yeah, and to kind of respond to the point you just made, I definitely feel like in my personal rankings right now, I'd have Brock Purdy in that 10 to 15 range. For QBs, uh, if he wins the Super Bowl, though, no doubt he's going to get a lot of hype. Right, second-year guy wins the Super Bowl. Last guy who did that was Patrick Mahomes, and we know he's not that talented, but it doesn't mean he's not good, and he can't be really good either, right? But this guy would definitely get a lot more hype added to him. I do think his numbers have benefited a lot from not only not having to start in the NFL right away. I think sometimes rookie QBs when they have to start right away can be rough for them. He's got he got time to practice, learn the offense a little bit before he got thrown in there. He has a great coach, right? Great coach who's great with QBs, who really brings out the best in guys. And I think that's where he is right now in his situation. He's getting the best out in him. He's, you know, doing everything he's capable of. And I think that he also benefits from the weapons around him. But with that being said, 
even guys in that same situation wouldn't be doing the same things that he's doing right now, right? So I think he's an interesting guy that does kind of feel like sometimes he gets written off a little bit because of how great everyone else on that team is. And he's definitely a guy to watch out for. I mean, I think he could easily be a Pro Bowl QB by the end of the year. Yeah, no question about it. I think he. we should start talking like... We should start talking about this guy as a top 10 quarterback right now. But by the end of the season, I don't think there will be a doubt that he'll be placed in the top 10. You know, when the the NFL executives do their lists or Bleacher Report or ESPN or whoever else, he will be in the top 10. Um, And to your point of like the situation and the coaching and the staff, Aaron Rodgers, you know, sat two, three years behind Brett Favre. Tom Brady didn't start initially for his team. Patrick Mahomes came into the league and his his whole first season, pretty much, he didn't play, right? So uh, he definitely has benefited from not having to immediately go out there and learn the ropes and have extra time to learn the system. And he's benefited from having a fantastic defense and awesome playmakers, but most NFL greats have always either made their teams better that were already great or had to backpack like Dan Marino, right? So uh, Brock Purdy, man, he's at, on a historic start that just gets overlooked because we have Patrick Mahomes in the NFL, right? The greatest I've ever seen do it. So uh I just think we we should probably start talking about this guy a little bit more in terms of what he's able to do on the football field. Because all he does is really win, and he puts up very competitive numbers to two of the greatest we've ever seen do it. Yeah, and I think another really good comparison, because when you look at a Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, he's not that, right? He's no. not that kind of athlete. He doesn't have that kind of arm. But you brought up Tom Brady as one guy that he plays like. I also think Joe Burrow is another mm-hmm. one of those guys yeah, who can be very mode. similar to. Just a little bit smaller, but he plays almost the same, honestly. Like a pure pocket passer QB who can be mobile in the pocket. And if he he clearly knows how to work the pocket, move around, be in the right place, right time. He has great footwork, right? I mean, it just sets him up for success right there. There's no question to me. Who whose era this is, right? It's Patrick Mahomes' era. Everybody else is just kind of in it. Yeah. But if there's if there's a quarterback out of all the other quarterbacks that we have in the NFL that are great, I think Brock Purdy has the best chance to end his career with the most Super Bowl rings. Yeah, I can't hate that because well, there are guys I think are better than him and will be better than him, like. Joe Burrow, uh, Josh Allen for their career, he definitely it feels like he has the best team. And if he's able to take advantage of the score the Niners have and get two Super Bowls out of it, I mean, he'll be looked at as maybe more of a winner than a guy like a Josh never been to the Super Bowl, never won a ring, especially if he is never able to get that in his career. Uh, I don't I don't hate that because, you know, a lot of people really value these rings and if he can win two with this core and then maybe later on in his career he goes out and win wins one with maybe a not so glamorous team 
I mean, could definitely be one of those guys who's who's talked about. Yeah, I think he's gonna ruin a lot of uh, these elite level quarterbacks' careers, man. Just because if if the Niners keep having what they have, they're gonna be a juggernaut in the NFC for a long time to come. And you know, there's not much of a competition outside of Jalen Hurts on that side of the bracket, quarterback wise, right? He's probably the second best quarterback in the NFC, in my opinion. Because uh, who else do you have competing against him? I gotta gotta look at a list, but I mean, I feel, for example, I feel like Geno Smith is pretty good right now, still. I mean, he's still proving that he's pretty good. Um, There's a lot of pretty solid quarterbacks, but most of them are all in the AFC. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. Especially with Aaron Rodgers' move to the the Jets. Mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins is still pretty good right now. He's a guy who's up there. I think him and Kirk are comparable. Yeah. I like Kirk a little bit better right now because, as you mentioned, just want to see – doesn't mean by the end of the year, but it's only been 11 games for Brock Purdy. I just want to see him do it for more games, really, when it comes down to it. I want to see that consistency, right, before I start moving moving him up that list more. But, I mean, you're right. That side of the NFL is a lot weaker. And, you know, I only was able to name two guys who I thought were he could be compared to. Everyone else, I mean, I think he's better than, and like, I think he's better than Derek Carr. Desmond Ritter. I mean, Jared Goff's pretty good. Jared Goff is underrated, but you know, so there we go. I I could only name three guys who I could put in the same tier as him. I mean, Hertz is a lot better obviously right now, but on that side of the NFL. And a lot of those guys are a lot older than him and they won't be around as long or at least when he hits his peak. It's wide open for him and I feel like he's going to take it. So... That's my take. By the end of the season, he's going to be considered unanimously unanimously a top 10 quarterback in everyone's book. Some people might start to overrate him a bit because the San Francisco 49ers are the Super Bowl favorites right now. So, yeah, that is our power rankings. Let us know what you thought of our Brock Purdy or of my Brock Purdy take. Is he you know, comparable to the greats or is it just a system thing? Let us know down in the, in the comments below how you thought of our power rankings. And now again, we are going to go right into the favorite segment of the week, the crap shoot rapid fire pick them segment. That always is fun that I always get wrong. <laughs> Nobody ever predicts it right. Arizona beating Dallas. Like what is going on in the world? So, uh, we are going to start right off with Thursday night football, probably one of the three biggest games of the weekend, and Detroit versus Green Bay. Who you got in this matchup? This is a er, this is to take an early lead in the division. Yeah, this game is a really fun game. Definitely one of the more entertaining games. I think Green Bay at this point has proved they're a good football team. Um, I'm going with Detroit in a close game. I still think they're going to win the division <clears throat> overall. But I think this is going to be a fun one. Like, honestly, Jordan Love is showing he's a really good QB, and I think he's just going to keep getting better, but I still do pick the Lions. I like the Lions a little bit more. However, I'm just going to zag for the sake of zagging here. I'm going to go Green Bay. I really liked what I saw out of Jordan Love in in that fourth quarter versus Atlanta. 
putting up 18 points when the back against the wall, making the plays when they needed to be made. He is definitely looking like the hype that he got. Well, not really the hype because everybody hated the pick at the time. He's proving a lot of people wrong right now that that pick was not a mistake by the Green Bay Packers. I do think Jordan Love is legit. Um, and I think he's going to prove it on Thursday night football versus a suspect defense. So moving on, we're going to go on to the struggling Jacksonville Jaguars at home versus a young up and coming Atlanta Falcons who love to just run the ball down your throat in London at 7:30 AM in the morning. Not going to watch it. <gasps> yeah. So early game, I'm going to go with the Jaguars. I still think, they have it in them to be good, even though they're off to a one and two start. Um, the Atlanta Falcons are going to make it tough, right? It's just their brand of football, run the ball, try to control the clock, try to keep it a lower scoring game. But I just think this Jacksonville team is just too good to continue their losing ways. Especially, I, I also think they have a good coach. So Jacksonville. This one's a tough one because I think both teams are pretty comparable. Jacksonville, it's a home game for them because they always play in London and everybody loves loves the Jaguars out in London. I just think Atlanta's a better football team, to be honest. And I'm surprised by that because I didn't think they would be that good. Um, I'm going to pick Atlanta in a close one. Uh, I like what I saw see out of their run game their ability to kind of dominate the time of possession and their defense. Uh, Their defense is a bright spot this year and Jacksonville lost 37 to 17 against Houston. So I can't, I can't really trust Jacksonville right now. I don't know. I don't think they know who they are. So I'm going Atlanta, but I wouldn't be surprised either way. All right. We are going to go right into the game of the week. There's no ifs, ands or buts about this one. Miami versus Buffalo in Buffalo Sunday morning. Who you got? Here we go. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills to win this game. I think the Dolphins will have a little bit of a letdown from last week. I think the game was a little bit too easy for them. Buffalo is going to be easily the toughest team they've faced so far this year. Best defense they faced this year. I think it's going to be close, though. I do. I think it will be a fun game. I just think the Bills will pull it out. That home field advantage, home field advantage for Buffalo is a big-time deal. This is tough because I can see where you're coming from. This is a must-win game for Buffalo, I think. Because they fall to 2-2, two and two and Miami takes a 4-0. If they want to win the division. That's true. They'd be 0-2 in the division if they lose. Whereas if Miami loses this game, yes, Buffalo takes the tiebreaker, but they'll match up again in mm-hmm. Miami later mm-hmm. on in the year. So I think Buffalo has more riding for them, and that's why I w- I'm going to lean towards them like you are. I think they're going to come out a little hungrier. Miami is just riding off that high that was the 70-point performance in Denver. Uh, they don't necessarily need this win Quite as much. I think there's just more urgency on the Buffalo side of things since they've already lost um, to the Jets. So I'm going Buffalo in a close battle. I wouldn't be surprised if this game goes to overtime. 
um, and it just ends up being whoever wins the coin toss. So I'm going Buffalo, but I don't like it. That's what I'm going to say there. Uh, moving on to a much less intriguing matchup. We got Denver versus Chicago, the battle for Caleb Williams. Who will lose? Who's going to win in the long run by losing this game? You know, I've decided. <laughs> I've decided the Chicago Bears are wow. going to win this football game. <laughs> the Bears are definitely going to win. I just, I don't think, because here's the thing, right? You're just getting, you're just, you're done with Denver. Denver. Because the Bears was, are probably the worst team in the NFL. The Bear, okay, Denver was 0-2, right, going into Miami. They needed to at least fight, right? They needed this win to stay in the playoff race, to stay in the playoff hunt, right? Because they weren't out of it, right? You know, 0-2 start, you can bounce back from that. It happens. But the thing is, they didn't even show any fight in a game that they needed to be desperate for, right? It'd be one thing if they lost 24-21 to on a game-winning field goal. Right, at least it would feel like they tried and that they had effort. But this game, man, it just felt like they just rolled over in the first quarter. Everything didn't go their way, and they just they and their offense got worse as the game went on, as the score got further and further away. I just I don't think this team has heart or fight right now, and I think I don't see how they're gonna bounce back after what I saw last week. So I'm going with Chicago. Wow spoken like a true Denver Bronco fan. Oh yeah. Rolling in the towel. Let's I'm go get... Denver. Wow. Just wow. cuz Chicago freaking sucks and yeah. Denver actually has a reason to win. Whereas Chicago they might just look at it as okay, let's just tank for Kale Williams, Justin Fields isn't the guy. So This is the battle for the first NFL overall pick right now. Yeah, uh, two of the worst teams in the NFL, which is surprised. I thought Denver would be better this year. They Russell Wilson have, definitely has been. Yeah, they have uh, the personnel the offense, to the be defense, better. The defense has been their weak point, which is which was not Lins. the case last year. Let's just put yeah. it that way. Well, so so you look at it, it's like every year since they won the Super Bowl, their defense has been great, and their offense has sucked, and now they have one of the worst defenses in the league. And the team personnel says they should be better, but they're still not. So, Broncos country, let's ride. You know what I mean? One more week. Right. To anyway, that number one pick, baby. Moving on to probably the second most important matchup of the week behind Miami and, and Buffalo. We got Baltimore versus Cleveland. Uh, that division is wide open right now. And whoever wins this game kind of takes control of it. Who do you got? Baltimore at Cleveland. The second best. I don't, it pisses me off that this game's at the same time as Miami Buffalo. Let's just put it out there for the NFL schedulers, because the slate of games in the afternoon is not even nearly as good as what it is in the morning. But that's beside the point. Who you got, Baltimore versus Cleveland? Yeah, I know Baltimore lost a game to Indianapolis that they probably shouldn't have lost last Didn't week. Didn't look good. Yeah, yeah, went to overtime. Cleveland's defense is legit. Don't get me There's, wrong. Yeah. Their defense is legit. Here's the problem, though. Nick Chubb is out for the year, and Deshaun Watson is awful. So I'm going with Baltimore in a low-scoring, close game. I just don't 
think Cleveland will be able to score enough points to win the, this game, despite the elite defense they've shown. It's either going to be a Justin Tucker game-winning field goal or Cleveland win by, wins by 20. <laughs> That's just how it's going to be. So I'm going to lean towards Baltimore. I still believe in them even after the blunder that they had against Indianapolis. Uh, Indianapolis might prove to be better than I thought as a Colts fan we were going to be. Um, so I'm going to go Baltimore in a close one, game-winning field goal type thing from Justin Tucker. Um to regain their position as the favorite in the division. But that is one heck of a game. Uh, Moving on to a team that is in must-win mode from now until probably the end of the season, Cincinnati versus Tennessee. Two, I believe they're both one and two. Is Tennessee one and two? I believe so. Two one and two teams clinging on to playoff hopes. Uh, Who you got in this one? I'm going with the Bengals in this one. Joe Burrow did play Monday Night Football, and that was a super important game for him, which is probably why he played and didn't sit out. Because you go 0-3, very, very unlikely that you make the playoffs. Um, I think he's going to play again. Bengals are in the same situation that they were before uh, against the Titans. I just don't think the Titans are talented enough either. On that Sunday night game, it looks the Bengals' defense probably looked the best it looked all year. They played very well against the Rams, and that's why I'm going with Cincinnati. I'm going to go with Cincinnati as well, purely based off of their defense. Their defense has played really well this year. Um, I think their offense will continue to struggle. Joe Burrow did not look good uh, on Monday, even though he looked the best that he has all year. Not saying much when you start off the year with only 80-yard passing yards in a a handful of picks against Cleveland. So I'm going to go Cincinnati in a closer than it should be game, lower scoring, kind of similar vibe to Monday night football. Um, but if Tennessee gets out to an early lead, watch out, watch out Cincinnati. So uh, moving on to my favorite team at home against the LA Rams who are better than their record shows at one and two simply because of the competition they've played so far. Yeah, the Rams are a better team than I expected them to be. I didn't think they'd be very good because last year they looked awful, especially to end this season. Um, I'm going with, I think this will be a close game. And I don't know if Anthony Richardson will play or not, but the Colts can still win with Gardner Minshew. I think they've shown. And he's probably one of the better backups in the NFL. But ultimately, yeah. yeah, The Jets would... Love to have Garner. Oh Minshew. man, Jet Jets fans are are singing praises to you right now, man. They wish they had Minshew, but I'm going with the Rams in this game. I do think it'll be close because I believe the Colts' defense can do good. The Bengals showed that they could slow down the newfound Rams off like offensive weapons in Nakua and Tutu Atwell. Even though they both did have solid games, they didn't absolutely dominate like they have been. But I'm going with the Rams in a close one. Like you said, they've been very competitive in the games they played, and they played very good teams so far. I agree with you. I think L.A. is going to come out with a sense of urgency, um, season-on-the-line type vibe, because if they win this one, Cooper Cup presumably will probably be back for week five. Um, So I think they're going to win. It's going to be a close game. Uh, And Indianapolis will continue to surprise me even in a loss, because I thought they would just suck this year. So 
looks like they're same old Colts as always destined to go eight and nine, missed the playoffs. So thank you, Andrew Luck. Anyway, next uh, topic, we got Tampa Bay versus New Orleans, another primetime matchup at 11 in the morning. For crying out loud, why are all of these at 11? All of the, the games that matter this week are at 11 o'clock. Hey, man, I'm not really sure why. I just know if you have red zone. Good time to check that out for sure. Why isn't Miami and Buffalo Sunday night? This does hey, this man. is stupid. Whatever. You got to flex that. You got to switch it, man. As hey, soon as Aaron Rodgers yeah. got his injury, just flex it out. Oh, that's true. Jets the on Jets, prime time should oof. never happen. That's painful. But, I mean, if you look at this game, this is also a very important game. Yeah. Two two-in-one teams for the division lead, an in-division opponent. The problem is, is... Derek Carr going to play because I know he got hurt. And if not, you got Jameis Winston, who's a lot more of a wild card, right? It makes things a lot more spicy, well, a lot more interesting. interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, So the way I'm feeling right now, I don't think Derek Carr is going to play. And I'm going to go no with way. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because of that. Going with the mighty Baker. Yeah, I well, hey, look, Baker has weapons this year. He has receivers to throw to. Their defense has been solid. This is going to be a grinded out game, though. Don't get me wrong. But New Orleans, every Bay. game is going to be under twenty points. Oh yeah, it just seems like. Hey, and shout out to that guy from second year dude from Weber State. I forgot his name. He's been balling this year. He's gotten the touchdown like every game. Their punt returner slash wide receiver guy's been pretty good. He's good for a touchdown a game, but. Especially with no Derek Carr, I just I don't see them winning this game. I'm gonna go the opposite there. I believe that I, they picked the Saints to win the division. Um, I think even with Derek Carr, they're competitive against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, man, I think last week was the beginning of the downfall that I predicted. Um, that I just predicted Tampa Bay wouldn't be very good. Yeah, uh, they definitely have proven me wrong so far, but I be, I'm going to pick New Orleans in a, you know, 20 to 17 grinded out field goal fest in the Superdome. So that's how every New Orleans game is going to be, no matter who they play. It just feels like it's been like that ever since Drew Brees has been gone. Close defensive battles. So I'm going to go with New Orleans. I like their defensive unit a little bit better, and they'll do just enough on offense to score. 17 points and win by one. So uh, moving on to the Commanders versus Philadelphia. You want to just get this one out of the way, Philly? Yeah, Eagles. I don't think there's much to be said, honestly. They're just a better team. This is a perfect example of what 11 o'clock game should be on Sunday. So uh, moving on to t the battle. What a battle. Minnesota versus Carolina. Has Carolina won yet this year? I think I they're going three. So. I'm going with, you know, the Vikings. They got off to a bad start. They're just, the, they're a better team. They're a better team than 0 and 3. They're probably going to be the team this year that finishes 8 and 9 and just barely misses the playoffs, right? Um, but uh, this Carolina does not look good this year. And Minnesota's too talented to keep losing like this. I think they're going to win. I don't think it's going to be that close either. Yeah, I agree with you. Carolina is not the same caliber team. However, Minnesota's defense is bad as they come. So 
and maybe the the red rocket himself could light him up but that is if he plays i don't know who's going to start at quarterback for them but minnesota probably wins this one by a touchdown or more uh moving on to a game that is i'm surprised okay I think it's going to be a game that's a little bit closer than I think it should be. Pittsburgh versus Houston. Houston has looked competitive in every game they've played. And they blew out Jacksonville. So I don't even know what to make of them. And they're matched up against Pittsburgh. At home. So I said that Anthony Richardson would be the best rookie QB this year. And I still believe that. Not changing my really? opinion on that. Nope. But C.J. Stroud also does look good as well. And I think he's on track to have a solid rookie year. He hasn't turned the ball over yet. He has had a solid completion percentage, right? He hasn't made a ton of mistakes. I mean, he's looked better than Kenny Pickett has so far this year. But they they did have a surprising win against Jacksonville last week as well. I just think this Pittsburgh defense is not something he's faced yet in his NFL career. And so for that reason, I'm going with Pittsburgh. I think he struggles for the first time, like real legit struggles. I don't think Houston scores that many points, even though Pittsburgh might not get to 20. I just, their defense is too dominant. I completely agree with you there. I will never pick Houston unless they're playing the Cardinals. And even then, maybe I shouldn't. Uh, Just, and I'll be right more times than I'm wrong. I'll guarantee that. So (laughs) Pittsburgh wins uh, for all the reasons that you said. Uh, Moving on, Vegas versus the Chargers. Uh, This is going to be a shootout again every – but who do you like more? This is a big game for both teams. I think both teams are one and two. Jimmy Garoppolo might be out with a concussion this week. I don't think – the Raiders are that good either. I just think they played Denver week one, and so they won. I'm going with the Chargers. I think they're a lot better team. They're going to start to get more on track after winning a good game last week against Minnesota. Continue to battle. They're going to have that same sense of urgency. This is a very similar type of game situation that they played last week because if they go to one and three, getting stuck in that hole but going two and two getting a division win would be big for them i agree i think the chargers uh moved to 500 on the year they beat the the raiders and uh that's that man the raiders are gonna probably end the season with maybe five or six wins so yeah chargers with this one uh, a game that I don't think should be really close probably end up will be a defensive slugfest new england versus dallas uh, who you got in Dallas, AT&T you know, stadium, deep down, deep down. Deep I down. want to say something, but <laughs> let's be honest. These are probably the two teams that their fan bases bug people more I than any of else. them. Yes. So this is one of those games that's going to be one of the most toxic social media games of the season. They both end up in a tie. Best. Yeah. That's... And you know, we we look at it, and even though they lost to Arizona last week, I'm still going with Dallas. They're just a better football team. I don't think New England is going to score over 20 points either with the way that they play. And Dallas is, you would hope at least, this will say a lot about their team. I think they're going to be, respond this week. I think they get more touchdowns and field goals overall. So I'm going with Dallas. 
going with Dallas as well. Um, I don't think they're going to have that big of a letdown after crapping the bed in Arizona. So, uh, speaking of Arizona, they're matched up against another juggernaut. Will they just be the giant slayers this year? Will they slay the mighty San Francisco 49ers? Hey, if they win this game, you might as well put them in the top five of your power rankings. They might rankings. be the best team in the NFL. I mean, I'm just saying. But, nah, I'm going with San Francisco. I don't think San Francisco is going to have a letdown this game. Even if it is close, I just – San Francisco's been rolling lately, and the Cardinals are bad. I don't think they'll be able to do it back-to-back weeks and having this huge upset win. Dallas struggles to score in the red zone offensively. That's one thing San Francisco doesn't struggle with is scoring in the red zone. So I think San Francisco lays the wood and moves on to 4-0 and shows everybody why, hey, we're not the Dallas Cowboys. You know what I mean? So it's true. I think they move. They just they lay the wood on them. Uh, speaking of laying the wood, we got Kansas City visiting the Jets. What? Will Taylor Swift show up? I think that's a better question. No. I don't think Taylor Swift's going to show up again. She uh, she did. Hey, real quick, real quick. A little off topic, but I saw this, and I thought it was interesting. And I just I want to put it out there because it's, it's, it's something. So the Bears-Chiefs game last week, despite it being a blowout, they got 24 million viewers, right? Mm-hmm. And the predominant age group or people who are watching that game were women ages like 19 to 30 or 35 or something like that. So more women than men were watching that game. And especially, you know, younger adult women. And I think that's the Taylor Swift effect. (laughs) She changed that game. So she goes to New York. It's on the Sunday night football. Then then those ratings are going to be crazy. But unfortunately, she's a busy person. I don't think she's going to be there again. If she is, her and Kelsey are super legit. But I'm going with just foot from a football standpoint, going with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Jets are getting close to imploding. I don't think the team's going to be able to handle any more of Zach Wilson. We're going to hear a lot of boos in this game, a lot of chants against Zach Wilson in this game. And you might see him bench for Trevor Simeon. Who knows? We all know who's going to win the football game. Jets players know who's going to win the football (laughs) game, unfortunately. The real question here is when this whole Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift saga goes to crap, because it always does. Probably will at some point. What's the name of Taylor Swift's new album going to be? Right? You know what I mean? Man. Who knows? Who knows? That's a good question. Probably be something about something about going to a football game and all that stuff, you know? And just being disappointed by someone being not who you thought they were. Unless, unless, side note, unless they're both doing this to boost their popularity. That's but, my prediction. Hey, hey, could be a thing, could not be a thing. I don't know. If they're legit, this might be one of the craziest power couples we've ever seen in the celebrity world i don't think it's legit i think it's a publicity stunt that favors travis kelsey more than it does taylor swift however i think taylor swift she she's already got the demographic of the 19 year old chicks you know pretty much every woman on the planet 
Yeah. Under the age of 45 is a Swifty. Okay. And then she went on this giant tour recently. Everybody knows. Uh, and I think like the dads that took the daughters, they like Taylor Swift now are starting to like them more because I mean, you got props to her. She did like a concert with like 40 songs. You know what I mean? So as a performer, you got to respect her for that. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's special. No doubt. No doubt. Um, the only demographic that she isn't winning over yet is our demographic. The men, the, the young men, adult men aged, you know, 20 to 35 who are just diehard sports fans who don't give a flying crap about Taylor Swift. Sorry. I don't okay. listen to Taylor Swift. And no disrespect to her. She's great at what she does. It's just, you know. But if she's not dating there. Travis Kelsey... She's more interesting to us. You know what I mean? Oh, I think yeah. it's all just a giant publicity stunt. And Travis Kelsey obviously benefits from this. I think he's trying to tactically think, you know, what am I going to do after football? And that Saturday that Saturday Night Live hosting session that he had went really well. I watched some of those skits, and it's pretty funny. You know, I think he's trying to move in, move into the entertainment business when he's done. I we see might it. see him in a couple of movies, you know. At best, he'd turn into like a John Cena, right, character. WWE. Whether it be WWE or he just plays that type of role in those movies. So, might just need to start pumping the needle a little bit. Steroid <laughs> up. But, uh, I think it's a big publicity stunt and it's working. So I mean... We'll see, we'll see. Yet to know, only time will tell. My prediction on Swift Watch is she's going to be there, bro. She's going to be there. Hey, if she's there, I think it's more legit than you're saying oh, it is, though. I don't because, think it's legit. Okay, there's no way that someone as popular, as famous, and probably as busy as she is just has a time to make you know these back-to-back football games, going with you know the guy's family, after they've only been seeing each other apparently a couple of weeks. Like, it's got to be way more legit if she shows up again. There's no cares, way. Man. It's Who a cares? road game, too. It's all a stunt. Yeah. And if it isn't, whatever. Hey, if it, it isn't only, good for them. I man. will good only believe them. it's not a stunt if they get married. <laughs> so, every relationship T-Swizzle's been in has always been a publicity stunt. So, Hey, bro. Hard, hard for famous people to find oh, someone. It's hard. It's hard. Don't be doing my boy Travis Kelsey like that. <laughs> Granted, he benefits more out of us than you do. So. Yeah. Well, my prediction: Swift Watch. He, she will be there. My so. prediction: She will not be there. That's probably more interesting than the game. <laughs> uh, and then the final matchup of the week: moving on, Seattle versus the Giants. Seattle I'm going with. It's pretty. Yeah. I'm yep. going with Seattle. I don't think the Giants are good still. <laughs> the Giants, are, they paid Daniel Jones how much money? He's getting over $40 million a year to do what? Like, come on. The only reason why they came back and won against the Cardinals that week is because the Cardinals are trying to lose. I just, I'm going with Seattle. And I think Seattle's a good football team. Like, Seattle's right outside those contending teams. In my, like, they're the team in the next tier, in my opinion. Yeah, I. It's tough. Which New York team gets it worse? Right, the Jets. Aaron Rodgers four plays Achilles. 
But the Giants signed Daniel Jones to a long-term contract, so... Hey, hey. Who's really it's, losing here? It's definitely the Jets, man. The Giants got two random wild-card Super Bowls with Eli Manning. That's it's fair. Jets fans That's for fair. sure. And they had Odell, so... I mean, they had some things to cheer for. The Jets, they had the butt fumble, man. Come on. They have had nothing to cheer for. Exactly. So, sucks for them. Yeah. That wraps up our weekly pick'em segment. Uh, let us know in the comments what you think about these matchups and if the NFL should do better by their scheduling. I am really mad that every game that matters is at 11 o'clock in the morning at the same time. Uh, and then also let us know if you think Taylor Swift and Tra- Taylor Swift will show up in New York. Swift watch. Uh, that's all. Thanks for tuning in.